Shalom to all. Today's office Ksubas Afchaf. We are starting Yutes Amud Beis. Ten lines up from the bottom. The last word on the line. And today's office sponsor Lili Nishmas Mars Miriam Zara Basav Yaakov Meisha Her Neshama Shad Avin Aliyah and Lili Nishmas Mars Rivka Basav Meir Zev Her Neshama Shad Avin Aliyah. I think we're told to turn up when we have a bride. So Shnayim Ksubim and Alishnayim. We have two people that were signed on a document. Umesu and then they died. Umoshnayim and Ashok. Two people came from the marketplace. Two random people came. Vamor and they said Yudanu Shiksav Yadam Hu. We know that this is their signature. Avol Nusim Hayu Ktanim Hayu Psulei Edos Hayu. When they signed, they were either a Nusim or they were Ktanim or they were Psulei Edos. They're believed. However, if we have other Adim that this is their signature, or we have their signature coming from a different place. Where was their signature coming from? We have another star whose validity was challenged, but then it was validated or certified in Bezdin. Then, these other Adim that are saying that they had signed, but they were a Nusim Edas, they're not believed because they don't have a Pasha Asr. The Gemara now asks, hold on one second, are you telling me that this second set of Adim is not believed? And we're going to collect with this star as if it's a 100% valid star because we follow the first pair of Adim or we follow this other star that says that the Adim signed on this one are valid. Why would we collect with this star? It's at least two versus two. And when we have two Adim saying one thing and two Adim saying the opposite, we don't believe either pair. But it implies that we are going to follow the first pair of Adim or that other star and that we will collect based off of this star that we have in front of us. So Rosh Hashanah, he answers, Hachashal is related to or it's compared to Hazama. Now, there's a number of different ways to discredit Adim. Classic case is hachasha, contradiction. Group 1 claims that this thing happened. Group 2 claims, no, it didn't. So each group is equally believed. Now, Hazama is different. Group 1 claims that this thing happened, whereas Group 2 says, you can't possibly claim that you witnessed it because on that day and time, imanu hayisem, you were with us in a totally different place. If the agents of Group 2 is determined to be correct, so Group 1 is called Adim Zayamin, the Torah says that they are punished, you shall do to them like they want to do to their brother, so if they try to get Ruvain to pay Shemin, now they have to play Ruvain. If they try to get Ruvain killed, so then they're going to get killed instead of Ruvain getting killed. So here we have Hachasha and Hazama. Where Avshesha said is that Hachasha is related to or similar to Hazama. And the same way that we can't turn Edim into Edim Zayman unless they're right in front of us. So too, we can't contradict the Edim unless the Edim are in front of us. And now our case over here, the Edim that are being contradicted are dead. They're not here, so we're not able to contradict them. Therefore, we're going to go with those Edim who are not here, and we're going to pass in that the Shtar is a valid Shtar, and we're going to collect money based off of it, or we're going to follow whatever the Shtar says. Now, I'm going to say, if they were in front of us, if these Edim were here, and we're contradicting them, that would be a valid contradiction, and we wouldn't pay attention to this first pair of Edim, because it would be considered a contradicted Edos. Now that these Edim are not here, and even if they were in front of us, perhaps they would admit to these other Adim that are saying that they were Ketanim or they were Nusim or they were Psulu Edos. But Mahemni, they're going to be believed in this case? Since they're not here, you're going to say they're believed? It's very possible if they were here, we wouldn't follow what they're saying. So Al-Armav Nachman, Nachman explains the Brisa differently. Uki Trey Lahadi Trey, we have two verses, two over here. We have the two Adim that are signed on the Shtar that we're saying are good Adim, but then we have these two new Adim that are saying that when they signed, they were either a Nusim or Ketanim or Psulu Edos. And we're going to leave the money in the Chazaka of the person who it's by. So if we're trying to take money away from Ruvain, we leave it with Ruvain and we say that Ruvain doesn't have to pay because he's considered the Mare, the master of the money. And how do we know this is true? That whenever we have a suffix, we're going to leave the money by the Chazaka, the person that we know whose it is, because made have an the Barshatya, just like the property of Barshatya. Now, Barshatya was this fellow who sometimes was 100% normal, 100% sane, but then sometimes was completely insane and considered a complete shaita. And what happened with this fellow? The Barshatya of this fellow sold some of his property, also betray, and then two people came, Amri, they said, Shu Shaita Zavin. He sold it when he wasn't normal, and therefore it's not a valid 
sale. And then another two people came along for Amri and they said, He sold it when he was totally normal and it is a valid sale. Amr Vashi tells us, We have these two versus another two. And we leave the money in the chazaka of this person, meaning we leave this property that he sold in his chazaka because the last known person who it for sure belonged to was Barshatya. So we say that it's his property until we can determine who's correct. Now we just clarify, we only said that that's only if he had a chazaka from his father, meaning that he was owned by his father and he inherited it. But if he never had a chazaka from his father, so then we're going to say that he bought it when he was a shaita and he sold it when he was a shaita, so therefore we wouldn't necessarily have right whose it is in that particular scenario. But if we know for sure that it used to belong to Barshatya's father, then we would say Barshatya is the last known person who for sure owned this property and therefore we leave it in his possession. Now once we mention these two different ways of discrediting Edim, Hazama and Hachasha, the Gemara just mentions, in Mazim we're not allowed to be Mazim Edim, turn them into Edim Zayman, unless they're in front of us. But we're allowed to contradict them even if they're not here. And if a second set of Edim comes and tries to be Mazim, the first group of Edim, even if the first group of Edim is not there, even though it might not be considered Hazama, but it is considered Hachasha. Now, Amar Marwi had said in the Brasim, Yesh Edim Shaksav Yadim Huze, if we have other Edim, that this is the signature of these Edim, or we have their signature coming from a different shtar, Mishtar Shakaral of Ir, and the other shtar was once contested in Bezdin, and it was confirmed, it was validated in Bezdin, then they're not believed. That's because we already have validation of their signatures from another place. We don't need these Edim that are standing right in front of us. The Gemara makes a take from what the Brasis says, Karl of Ir in, Loi Karl of Ir Loi. It seems to be the Brasis telling us that the only way that we're going to be able to trust this other shtar to validate this shtar that we have in front of us is if that other shtar was contested or challenged and only afterwards it was validated or certified. I'm going to say, Rabbi Asi, this is right for Rabbi Asi, Dom Rabbi Asi, he says, in Mekam Nesashtar, Ela Mishtar Shakaral of Ir, V'hochzeg Vezdin, we're not allowed to be one star with another star unless that other star was challenged or contested and then validated in Bezdin. Now, Amr Nardai, they tell us that there's another way to be Mekam Nesashtar. In Mekam Nesashtar, we're not allowed to validate a star which is in front of us, El Mishtay Ksubais, unless we have two Ksubais that have the same Adem signed on them, El Mishtay Sadais, or from two fields, which means we have two separate documents that a field was sold and they have these same signatures on them, and it has to be that the person who had bought those fields based off of the shtad that we have in front of us ate the produce of that field for three years with peace and quiet and no one contested his ownership of the field. And Omar Abshin Rashi explains, these stars have to be coming from a different person. But these stars cannot be coming from him himself. We don't trust Shimon himself to produce another two stars with the same Adim that are signed on his star. The Gemara asks, why is that? Why is it when these stars are coming from him? We don't trust these stars. Because perhaps he forged these stars. If these stars are coming from someone else as well. Perhaps he saw those two stars by the other person, he looked at the signatures, and then he went home and he forged this star that Reuven owes him money. So Gemara says, no, that much he's not able to forge signatures. If he doesn't have the star in front of him, he's not able to forge the signatures properly. So if we have these two stars coming from another person, we can trust the validity of those stars, and therefore he can use that to prove that his star is valid, but not if those stars are coming from him as well. And Tanabon, we have a 
Hashanim. A person could write Eidos on a shtar and give Eidos based off of that even after many years. Two Eidim were made to witness that Reuven borrowed money from Shimon. One of the Eidim is afraid that he's going to forget this Eidos. So he takes out a piece of paper and he writes down a piece of paper, I saw Reuven borrow money from Shimon on Monday at 2 o'clock in such and such a place. He's allowed to use that piece of paper and testify based off of it many years later. Amr Avuna, Avuna says, that's only for he remembers some of the details on his own. He remembers that Reuven borrowed money from Shimon, but he doesn't necessarily remember all the details, and then he looks at this piece of paper that he had written all the details down, and he says, okay, that's what happened. Rabbi Yechanan, Rabbi Yechanan says, even though he doesn't remember at all on his own, and he looks at the piece of paper, and he says, oh yeah, that's what happened, then he gives Eidos. Now, the discussion over here comes from the Isser of an aid giving Eidos based off of something written down. He doesn't know this Eidos himself. He reads something off of a piece of paper, and he says, this is my Eidos. That's a problem. Why is that? Because the Pasuk says, Mi pihem. We have to hear Eidos from the mouth of the aid. And the Josh we have in the Gemara is, savam. It's not allowed to come from something that they wrote down. So they have to be able to give Eidos on their own. It can't be something that's just written down on a piece of paper. So we have this machlux over here between Avhun and Rabbi Yechanan. How much of the Eidos does the aid have to remember? And how much of his memory is he allowed to have jogged by the piece of paper? Now, Amar Rabba, Rabba says, Shami Rabbi Yechanan. We can learn from Rabbi Yechanan. Hani Beitre, Diyadi Sadusa. Two people that knew Eidos, Umenchi Chaminayu, and one of them forgot the Eidos, Midkar one of them is allowed to remind his friend, remember this and this happened? And then the other fellow says, yeah, I remember that it happened, and then he could give Eidos. If you're allowed to look at a piece of paper to remember, so your friend is allowed to remind you as well. Now, Ibail, who asked the following question, asked my Mai, what about him himself, the person who's the Baldin? Shimon wants to get his money back from Ruvain, and we have the two Adam over here, and one of the Adam doesn't remember anything. Is Shimon allowed to say, come on, Mr. Aid, you don't remember that I lent Ruvain money on such and such a date in such and such place? That's what the word Atzmai means, the Baldin himself. So, Chaviva, Amr Chaviva says, Afilu Atzmai, even he himself is trusted, and we can trust that when the aid gives Eidos, he's not just saying it because he's relying on what the Baldin is telling him. We can trust that he actually remembered it on his own after his memory was jogged. My brother of Ashiyam, he says, Atzmai Loi, we can't trust the Baldin himself. The Allah is Atzmai Loi. Chafam Beza on top, however, the Gemara tells us, Vitzur from Rabbanu, if this aid is a rabbinical scholar, if he's a Tamil Chacham, Afilu Atzmai, so then we can even rely on the Baldin himself to remind the aid, because the aid is a Tamil Chacham, and we can trust him. Kehadar of Ashi, we have this case with Rav Ashi. He knew of an Eidos that was relevant for Rav Kahano. Amrle Rav Kahana asked him, Do you remember this Eidos you have to testify for me? Amrle Rav Ashi told him, I don't remember it. So Rav Kahana told him, Wasn't it this and this? You don't remember this happened? Amrle he told him, I'm really sorry, I don't remember. But then Lasaif Idkar Rav Ashi, Rav Ashi remembered the Eidos. He gave Eidos for Rav Kahano. He saw that Rav Kahano was like mumbling and he was unsure of how he's supposed to process this information. He thought that Rav Ashi didn't remember this Eidos. So Amalei Rav Ashi told him, Misa vers, Allah, Do you really think that I'm relying on the fact that you told me I have an Eidos to say for you, but I don't really remember the Eidos? I know how, I was the one that made myself focus, and I remember the Eidos. You jogged my memory that there was some sort of situation. I went back into my memory banks and tried to remind myself of what happened on that day, and then I on my own remember that Eidos, but it's not because of you. Now, once we're talking about memory, if a person will or not remember something, Tanan Hasm, we have a mission over there. Now, this mission is talking about being that a certain area is a base hakfaris. Often, a tail, a mound, or an elevation of land was used to bury people. This mission discusses when we must assume that a tail had someone buried in it and when not. Obviously, one of the main nafkamin is being regarding tuma and other things as well. So, Mishnah tells us how tolulios when we're dealing with these mounds of dirt, how kroivais, if they're close, whether they're close to a city or a path, whether they're new or they're old, we have to assume that they're tame because since they're close by to the city or to the path, even though they're fairly new and you might assume that we should know what's going on with this, does it have someone buried in or not, that's not a riot because a woman who miscarried
maid might have snuck out there and buried her child there without anyone knowing. However, if it's very far away, if it's new to Hairais, we can assume it's Tahar because we would assume that we would know if someone buried someone there. But Yishanais, if it's old, Tameis, we would have to assume that it's Tame because we wouldn't remember if someone buried someone there and therefore we have to misafik treat it as Tame. The mission continues, Ezu Kriva, what's considered close by? Chamishim Amma, that's 50 Amas. Yishana, what does it mean that it's old and we're not going to remember if someone's buried there? Shishim Shana, 60 years old. That's a mayor's opinion. Rabbi Hudaimer, he says, That means there isn't any tale closer than this one. Yishana, what does it mean that it's old? People just simply don't remember what the story with it is. It's not specifically 60 years. The Gemara now asks, What is the city that we're talking about in this Mishnah? And what is this pathway that we're talking about in the Mishnah? If you want to say, Then when we say city, it really means a city. And when we say path, it means a path. How could that be? Because when we have a suffix, do we really say that this area is considered Tame? says, They found some sort of pretext and they were metahir, many areas in Eretz Yisrael. The Chacham didn't want Eretz Yisrael to be off limits for Kaihanim because we don't know what the status is. Maybe there's someone buried here, maybe there isn't. So they found the pretext and they said that Eretz Yisrael's mother and Kaihanim are basically allowed to walk around all over Eretz Yisrael without being chash that it's Tameh. So why are we saying that over here, that if we have a pathway and there's a mound near a pathway, we have to be chash that it's Tameh? So Amr Abzeir, he explains our Mishnah differently. Ir is Ir HaSmuchel Besakvaris. When we're talking about a city, we mean a city that's close to a Besakvaris, and Vederech is Derech Besakvaris. When we're talking about a path, we mean a path on the way to the Besakvaris. As only in these areas that we have to be chayshish that a tail has someone buried in it. The Gemara asks, Bishlema Derech Besakvaris, we understand that the pathway on the way to the Besakvaris, there might be someone buried in a tail off this pathway, it might be Banish Mashas Erev Shabbos, meaning there's a funeral procession Erev Shabbos, and it's getting really close to Shabbos. We'll make her cover with tail. It's going to happen that they're going to bury this body in the tail because they realize that they don't have enough time to get to the Besakvaris. So that makes sense. When you have a city near the Besakvaris, everyone's going to go to the Besakvaris. Why would someone bury their dead in a tail near the city and not go to the Besakvaris? The Besakvaris is right near the city. So Rabbi Khanina answers me, Since women bury their miscarried children over there, and people that have skin issues and problems that they might have limbs cut off, so they're going to bury their arms and their limbs over there. And both these people are going to do these burials without anyone knowing. They try to keep it very quiet. So if this mound is up until 50 amas away from the city, the woman is going to go there by herself. But if it's more than 50 amas away from the city, she's going to take a man with her, and then she's going to go to the Beisakvar. So that's why even though there's a Beisakvar near the city, if there's a mound within 50 amas of the city, we have to be chayshish that someone's buried there. But if the mound is further than 50 amas away from the city, so then we would assume that this woman buried her dead in the Beisakvaris and not in this mound, which is further away. Helkach, therefore, that's why we're not going to be machzak toman Eretz Yisrael, because we have these very clear rules where a person will or will not bury their dead. Now, Rechizor tells us, we learn from a mayor, that if a person has edus to say, they'll only remember it for 60 years, but more than 60 years, they're not going to remember, because our mayor in the Mishnah said, what does that mean that we have a tale which is old, which means that we're not going to remember if someone's buried here, that's 60 years old. So that means that a person's not going to remember edus for more than 60 years. But then the Gemara says, that's not true. Over there, when we're talking about a tale, does it or does it not have someone buried in it? It's not incumbent upon anyone particular to remember if there's someone buried in it. So if it's more than 60 years, we assume that even if someone knew that someone was buried there, he's probably going to forget about it because he doesn't have to remember it. No one's forcing him to remember that someone's buried in this tale. But over here, when we're talking about Eidos, since it's incumbent upon him to remember it, he was an aid for this particular situation, so he knows he has to remember it because he knows that he's the aid for the situation. So even if it's more than 60 years, he's going to remember that Eidos. We're going to stop here for the day. Pick up tomorrow with a brand new Mishnah. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.